I said I always remember the wood grain beneath my feet in a busy street. I never said I was angry, but I think I'm still in misery. But it's what I needed, and it took me by surprise. Sometimes I think I'm Yo, 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 yo. What is up? Shot Callers crew back again. Hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving and a holiday. Black Friday shopping, getting all the deals, doing all the things you're supposed to do on this glorious Thanksgiving weekend. I am your host, Ben Brown. To my left, my ace, Buku, my number one, Joshua, Odellis, Pharrellis, Montellus, Michael, Timothy, Jackson, Johnson, Hayes, with a raspy this morning. What's good? How we doing out there, everyone? <laughs> the voice is a little raspy, but uh, we're gonna go with it today. Uh, I like the name. I want to. I actually want to be one of the six Michaels. You know, today, you know, feeling that I'm that great. Oh, Jackson, Jordan, there Game Six, Game Six, baby, <laughs> no doubt about it. Shout out to Biggie, always in the chair. Uh, producer, producer Tim in the building, back from his world travels. You know, if you guys have been following. Uh, on our Facebook and Instagram, producer Tim was in Charleston covering uh, the Charleston Classic with Xavier. Had some wonderful games there. I did. Um, he's been at UC and Xavier this week um, covering games. You guys get on our Facebook page. Get on our Instagram. Uh, producer Tim does awesome recaps. If you're a UC or Xavier fan, NKU fan, he's also there. Um, he does great recaps of the games Gives you all the breakdowns, who's doing the scoring, what led to their wins. Um, he's got a ton of posts on there and feedback from those games. Producer Tim has been super busy logging the miles. Um, the Jordans are getting weary, but he's still rolling. No, they're not. <laughs> he's in his element, man. He, this, he's in his zone. So, Producer Tim, uh, what what's going on this week as far as uh, game-wise? What should we be watching? The Crosstown Shootout. There we go. <clears throat> the game with my favorite game of the year in college basketball. There it is. Um, so both teams play Tuesday and Wednesday, um, which thank you for bringing this up for a little housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Thursday, we'll have a live stream on our YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. Where we're going to be previewing Crosstown, talking about college basketball. So at Large Bid, we'll be doing another live ish stream, I mean, not with so much with an audience. Yeah, yeah. But if you checked out the last one, I mean, it. it we well, the live streams are always fun um, because it's, I mean, we're giving very good takes and. Those guys know college basketball. I mean, it's 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 really cool. So if you get a chance, get on our YouTube. Uh, we'll be live streaming. Check it out. What yeah. day is that? Uh, Thursday. It'll Thursday night. Thursday. Thursday night. So it'll be 6.30 to 8. We'll send some links out on everything so you guys can watch it along. Or that way, if you guys have any questions, you can send it in. And Producer yeah. Tim, you got time to hype that game up. I don't think people really understand the, the implications and the – the significance and the significance of, of the Crosstown shootout. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to. So I know outside this area, people kind of think of the Crosstown shootout as just the fight. <laughs> I mean, right, that's yeah. I mean, that's yeah. That's what people see. But, but it's so much more. There's so much intensity. Like I've been lucky enough to be in that. In that, I've been there as a fan, mm-hmm. and this would be my first time as a media member covering it. Um, but it's just there's there's nothing like that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like, albeit I've never been to Kentucky, Louisville. I've never been to Duke, North Carolina. But there's just 
everything there when you walk in and like equipment managers are getting booed and mm-hmm. the towel guy is getting booed mm-hmm. and like the, the athletic trainer shout out david fluker he's the man um <laughs> is getting booed just because he's wearing a xavier polo oh, like yeah. it's crazy man and then um last year i remember so well like xavier took the court for warm-ups and it was travis Steele's first time running the game obviously mm-hmm and the whole audience is chanting "F you, Travis," and it's like, <laughs> man. So there's intensity. It's passion. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, you know, one team's kind of a little farther than the other. Xavier, being the team is farther ahead. They they're talented. Their defense is great. They're getting their guys back. Kiki Tandy made his debut yesterday. I saw that. Hit a three from the logo. Mm-hmm. My God, that kid. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Cincinnati just had a rough game with UNLV. Yeah. Who they should have really beat the brakes off, and yeah. they won in overtime. Yeah. They blew a ten point lead with a minute to go. Oh, um, but yeah, on our YouTube channel, Forty Eight Minutes Network, um, you'll catch me on there doing my I call it my one minute recaps. Yep, absolutely. So um, hopefully you guys are enjoying those. Thank you for the positive reception. But guys, we're here to talk about the National Basketball Association. Absolutely. And our first topic today, last last Friday, November 29th, the Los Angeles Clippers made a trip to play the struggling San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. They had everyone. They still lost. They lost 107-97, to but they didn't play well. Paul George, in 33 minutes, 5 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 of 11. Still kind of coming back. Yeah. yeah. Kawhi Leonard, we've seen in and out and in and out. We're at the point now where we're past the quarter mark of the season. Mm-hmm. We're 20 games in. The Clippers are 14-6. and six. It's still a really good record. Yeah, no one's gonna absolutely. no one's gonna be upset about fourteen yeah, and six. Absolutely. But we're seeing this team at times really struggle finding rhythm. Is load management more helping or hurting the Clippers right now? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I I really think I think there's something to be said about finding a stride um, when you're an NBA basketball team. Um, now I know those guys are all professionals. They all, I mean, we don't see behind the scenes of, uh, you know, Paul George didn't play the first 10 games, but I'm sure he was practicing with those guys. I'm sure he was getting repetitions with those guys. Um, Kawhi Leonard has had some crazy load management things. Um, The thing that concerns me the most is that I don't know if the load management is just about him playing or is he really having some serious issues? Because, you know, last year when he finished out the finals, he had some, uh, some issues with his knees. Where, you know, he was hobbling along. He really, I mean, he still played out of his mind. But you could see him, he was hobbled. Um, So it's hard to tell if if he's really just taking games off or if he's really hurt. You know, that part's hard to tell. But I think these guys are all professionals. um, But I don't care how professional you are. It's got to be hard to find a rhythm when, you know, Paul George takes a game. uh, Kawhi takes a game. uh, Pat Beverly takes a game. Um, you know, the only guy that really plays consistently is Harold. I mean, he's there every night. Lou Williams is there every night. Zubach. Zubach play. I mean, but I mean, you know, those guys all, I mean, but the regular guys play every night, but you know, is it, is it hard? I think it gets difficult to find that rhythm as far as those guys playing together, um, in an assortment amount of games to figure out where they need to be. Now they're 14 and six. I mean, it ain't, it ain't killing them. It's not, you know, it's not like they're 11 and 11. 
Um, so they've they've got a good record. They've got you know they've got scoring. Paul George came off the DL and was ripping it up. I mean he he came in lights out. So um, that's difficult to say with them being professionals. But I think it's hard to find a rhythm when you're when you're going through these paces of the NBA season. Um, when one guy's hit in, one guy's out, one guy's hurt, one guy's doing, you know what I mean? Like, I just think it's hard to find that consistency. But um, all that being said, I mean, they are professionals. And, I mean, maybe maybe that's, the, I mean, it didn't hurt the Raptors. I mean, Kawhi took, what, 20, 20-something games off last year? So, I mean, it didn't hurt them. They won a title. Now, granted had a little bit of luck on their side with some injuries to Golden State. but Unfortunately, yeah. You know, but, you know, may, maybe that's just the new wave of the NBA. Maybe that's just how, you know, maybe that's the, maybe that's just the way things go now. I mean, maybe those guys are trying to take those, get back-to-backs off and do other things and, and, and not be as, um, as heavy laden towards the end of the year. So, I don't know. I, I, Josh, what do you think about that one? Well, I don't know if you guys remember one of my stances early on in one of our beginning shows is um, I talked about the significance of the NBA season itself. Mm-hmm. And we, we split it up pretty much in, I think, five parts. So we're in December. So we've not, we're, we're still, you know, 45, 40, 40 days away from the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. You know, roughly in those 40 days, you know, you're still going to play another 15 games or so or or 20 games or whatever it is. Um, And then we go out of the all-star break. And then, you know, I talked about making that run to the playoffs. I don't really think that it's a concern because I I, I really wonder how, how many games does a team need to be able to figure out a rhythm until they know exactly what it is or what type of identity one they want to take uh, going into the playoffs. So like you mentioned, Kawhi took off 20 games or how many ever games it was mm-hmm. with the Raptors. They knew going into the playoffs, Kawhi was that dude. Right. So the offense still went through Kawhi. I feel that what generally happens is, is when you have a guy like Kawhi who sits out you already know what you're getting out of him okay. on both sides of the floor. Although it seems like he's slow and he's behind the times, like you still know what you're getting out of him. Okay. You got a, you got a guy like Paul George who was hurt and he's coming back from, I don't know if you would consider it a major surgery. I think you'd consider it more of like a cleanup or kind of like a, an upkeep on his shoulders. And he came right out of the gates, killing it. And mm-hmm. I think you might start to see a little bit of, of, um, fatigue on the fact that like he's probably still not in game shape all the way but you know what a healthy Paul George gives you we've seen Paul George for years in Indiana you know before we saw what he did in Oklahoma City last year and you know what you're going to get out of him when he is fully healthy then you got the rest of the Clippers Mm -hmm. you know what you get from Lou Williams coming off the bench you know what you get from Montrezl Harrell coming off the bench you know what you get from Pat Bev so that's five guys that you know that when they're on the floor together, you know what you're getting. So all you really need is, I think, a, 
a small handful of games to be able to figure out what the chemistry is because you know those five games are those those five guys are probably the ones that are finishing the game out. Right. You know, even though Lou comes off the bench, Harold comes off the bench, those are the five you probably want on the floor when the game is on the line. With those five on the floor, how do you guard those five? How do you guard a guy who can't be stopped in Paul George, a guy who can't be stopped in 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 Leonard, and a guy who can't be stopped in Lou Will? And then you have a garbage man like Harold who who literally makes every hustle play in the book. And then you have Pat Bev who makes every hustle play in the book. I think with a coach like Doc Rivers, he is able to take all of that, put it into perspective of what each person needs to be able to do on the floor mm-hmm. in order to get them pushed and ready to go. Uh, as we were just talking before we started, you know, even with that 14 and six record, mm-hmm. the Clippers are still somehow the favorites to win the NBA title. That says a lot. But if you guys, and I know there's a lot of like random weird stats. One of the stats I always look at is I look at the per 36 is I look at what people's stats are per 36 minutes. If you look at Kawhi's stats per 36 minutes, he's probably having one of the better, if not his best season that he's had. Points per game, rebounds, assists, playing. Mm-hmm. He's playing less minutes than he did last year, even with the uh, the Raptors. Which is crazy. I think he's only playing 31 minutes a game versus it was 34 or 35 last year. So he is actually resting more in games than he was because they now have somebody like a Paul George who can take that load off of him. And I don't know what the injury was that he had in, in San Antonio. I do believe the man was injured. Uh, we talked about it on a show once. We saw it in the finals. Like, he was not right. Like, there was something going on. Right. And I don't know why it's so disclosed and they're not wanting to tell us exactly what it is. I don't know. Did he tear a quad? Did he, did he rupture, like, his pat- – I, I don't know. I don't know what the injury is. I do know that he was hurt. Right. I think that they are being cautious. I think they know that by the time that the playoffs roll around, that that Clippers team is locked and loaded, and they are going to be a very hard out to beat. And I don't think that anything that they're doing right now is going to mess with that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I, I see your point as well. I mean, because they are professionals, and those guys, um, they still practice every day together. Even though if Kawhi is not playing, you know, he's practicing – um, and they're, they're getting some kind of rhythm there. I just think that it's, I, you know, when you're trying to beat the best teams in the NBA in the playoffs, uh, I mean, and you don't, you never know. The second half of the season, he could play every game. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't know. Um, I know when it got towards the end of the Raptors last year, he started playing more and playing in every game. Um, and then, of course, in the playoffs, he played every game. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think that sometimes it can – can hurt you um, just for a rhythm stance, but also, too, I, I see where you're coming from because those guys um, are professionals. Um, they, I do believe that some of those guys can turn on and turn it off when they want to. Um, that's what makes them pros. I mean, I, I mean, so I, I see both sides of it. Uh, it does make me a little worried that that the Kawhi has some some lingering effects to the knee injury that he had last year, I, I believe. Um, but it hasn't hurt his play. I mean, he's still the, a top five player in the NBA. Paul George is there with him. Um, so, yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I guess we'll, we'll see. I don't know if it's enough of a sample size. but well, I, don't, um, I don't know if you mentioned this, Producer Tim. I, I could have been in La La Land because I've been trying to get my voice right. 
uh, did you mention like that game they lost to the Spurs? Did you throw out everybody's shooting percentages? Uh, uh, did just, you see that Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard was eight for twenty three? Yeah. Uh, Paul George two of eleven. Lou Will was two of ten. I mean, they just shot bad. They shot bad. <laughs> they shot bad. Yeah. That was. I mean, I mean, it happens. We all know that that happens. And sometimes when 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 guys shoot bad, I mean, there's not really much you can do um, other than trying to play defense. But if you go back and look at that game. Uh, that game was all lost in one quarter. You know, it was the the Spurs went on a run in the third quarter, and that was the ball game. And, I mean, that happens. It's the NBA. Everybody's professionals. I don't expect a team to go undefeated. We also know that, arguably, uh, the Spurs might have the best coach in the history of the NBA. Um, That's a very good point. Yeah, so, they've been bad this year. They have been bad. I kind of said when we did our West Coast Conference predictions, I said this might be the end of the Spurs. So. Yeah. I still don't count them out. They're yeah, the Spurs. Right. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, I'd say I would like to revisit this. I would like to revisit this uh, this topic after the All Star break, going yeah. into like April. I can see, yeah. yeah, and 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 see where we're at then. And then load management games for Kawhi. I mean, the Clippers are three and three, and one of those games, or actually two of those games, Paul George didn't play in. So, I mean, yeah, I think they're fine. Yeah, I think I I there's, think there's that, a, I still think they're the they're the favorites. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I I would agree with that. Producer Tim, topic number two, please. We're going to talk about my favorite basketball player in the world, guys. James Harden. Uh, <laughs> Clutch playoff James. I mean, James Harden. <laughs> oh, here we go. Throwing shots. <laughs> so, Mr. Efficient. So last night, James Harden had an incredible performance where he only played three quarters. Mm-hmm. He had 60 points. He shot 15 of 23. He, what was it, Josh? Was he 6 of 11 from 3? No, he was 8 of 14. 8 of 14 from 3. Like, Ooh. shit. And, <laughs> and he had 8 assists. Yeah. My criticisms of James Harden have always been like, look, not everyone's going to score 60 points every night. I, I get that. But I don't love 37 points with 3 of 22 from the field. Yeah. So, like, these are the nights that if I see James Harden, I'm pumped. This is what I want. So... What we saw from last night. What do you take away from James Harden here? I'm gonna I'm gonna read something to you guys real quick, and and I want you to ask me what this has in common with James Harden. Okay. You ready? Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Reggie Miller, Allen Iverson, Steve Nash, Patrick Ewing, Dominic Wilkins. Do I have to ask if I know the answer? Elgin Baylor, Chris Paul, the Iceman, Gervin. Tracy McGrady, Alex English, Vince Carter, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony. Were those guys listed the best in everyone a ring? They oh. are. Wait, Elgin Baylor never won a championship in his Laker days? Apparently he did not. No way. Wow. I would Well, I remember some of the his Laker teams were pretty bad. Like they That's no. why like Jerry West is one of eight in the, one one and eight in the finals. Yeah. I mean it they you gotta think about it. I mean, of course, going way back to when, I would have assumed that he ran into the Celtics teams that he definitely won, won 11 out of 12 Baylor, or something like that. So I actually think Elgin might have played with Wilt at some point. He did. And Jerry West. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't win. Um, so, would you look on that list? I would say, out of skill set wise, I would say full skill set wise, the worst player on that list might be Vince Carter. And when you, when you talk about just all around. 
game. Like yeah, I love Vince list. Carter. We all love yeah. Vince Carter. We right. know what he brought. I didn't, I didn't see enough of Elgin Baylor since like my mom wasn't born yet. <laughs> I, I know that Elgin Baylor was. Uh, he's considered a top fifty player. I yeah. think of the of of everybody on this list. When it's all said and done, I think Vince Carter might be the only guy that's not a top fifty player. Um, gotcha. My point is, is that. Harden has also not won a ring. He's, what, nine or ten years in the league now? Um, he has not won a ring. Mm-hmm. We both, we've all seen him. He played in the in the finals in OKC. He was the sixth man. He choked in that series. Um, he played in a conference finals, and he choked in that series. Uh, we, we definitely know that he's had his downs when it comes to the games that matters. Mm-hmm. I've also seen him for an entire season put a team on his back to get them to a spot they should never be at. So sometimes I don't know if 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 I feel like when a guy has a bad series in the playoffs, like how you can knock him when he's the one that got you there in the first place. And like right. at some point, like your teammates have to step up and help you out to where you feel like you don't have to do everything yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, I do feel like he has a counterpart now that matches the intensity of, and the level of what can help him potentially get over that hump. It just so happens that he is playing in a conference that's got this, the, the Lakers and the Clippers in it. So you got LeBron and AD on one side, you got Paul George, and you got Kawhi Leonard on the other side. And then you got a team with Westbrook and Harden. So I don't know how you get past that. Uh, when he first got to Houston and he had Chris Paul, you had to go up against Golden State. Uh, he he might end up being that sa- in that same sentence as like a Carl Malone in a Stockton where like he had guys that kept him from showing his true greatness of winning a chip because there were teams that were better than his team. Even though he was the alpha, I mean, he's already won an MVP. He technically might have should have won another MVP. He might be on pace to win another MVP this year. I mean – we're talking about four or five year span where this guy could have been the MVP every year. This dude's averaging thirty nine points a game, yo. <laughs> and we don't even He's realize it. it. I just looked at the stats and I'm going through. I went through. I was like, man, ESPN can't be right. Let me go to Basketball Reference. Oh no, really? It's thirty eight point nine points a game. This, this dude out here balling. <laughs> oh my god! This has been his like most efficient it year has. too. Like, it has. yeah, absolutely. It's so funny, man. It's so hilarious that. And I'm looking, I'm like, man, hold on, that can't be right. 39 points a game. Almost eight assists per game. 32.27 per 36 minutes. Come on, man. It's good stuff. Come but on, yeah, man. I I I love I love when James Harden has these games like this. Um and like you said, producer Jim, he does have some duds, man. I mean, he has some absolute like you said, three of twenty-two. He, he, Two of nineteen from three point range. Um, he had one, at one point this year. He was averaging thirty six a game while shooting twenty two percent from three. Yeah, like yeah. I think he'll find his rhythm. Uh, but I'm just gonna read this to you, and and this is where this is a bad night for James Harden. And I don't even know why it was a bad night. I'm not gonna go back and look at the score, but if you look at Harden, 60, 34, 32, 37. 36, 49, 44, 47, 39. And then he had a game where he was only 27 points. That's mm-hmm. a bad night. 27 yeah. points is a bad night. Yeah. And he could have been the leading scorer in the NBA that night for all I know. Yeah. And <laughs> even in that game, he shot 8 of 16 from the field. 
Like he is definitely, he has definitely been probably, especially in the month of November, might have been the most efficient I've ever seen him play. Thirteen to twenty-five, thirteen to twenty-six, eleven to nineteen, eight to sixteen, nine to sixteen, eleven to twenty-four, sixteen to twenty-four. He had a nine for twenty-two game, but that's like his worst shooting game in the past ten games. I'm curious if he's going to get Player of the Month because Luca was incredible. Oh, Luca was. LeBron yeah. was incredible. Yeah. Like you've got some tough competition yeah. there. I mean, uh, the, West, the West is so crazy, man. Like Towns was just, great. Towns is oh great. God. I mean, like it's so crazy to see the talent. But uh, we have a group. We have a so group nuts. text, and it's funny. Like one of us will see something, and we send it out. I actually sent this out to them last night. I was like, guys. James Harden just scored 60 points on 16 field goals in made. three quarters and three quarters. <laughs> and he, he shot 20, he made 20 free throws. And then I was like, man, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. man. That's like a clay Thompson game. Yeah. That's crazy. This dude shot 20 free. <laughs> Big foul. <laughs> I didn't touch him. That's a foul. You fouled James Harden. Big foul. I expect games like this for James Harden to come out like bleeding with his eyes, you know, his eye hanging yeah. out, twenty free scratches throws, on yeah. his arms. Here's the thing that's so weird though is like you game planning for James Harden. I know we still have one more topic before we get out of here today, but like, okay, so say you're like, okay, he gets to the paint a lot. That's how he draws fouls. Mm-hmm. You play a pack line defense. Mm-hmm. He's wide open at the three. Wide open. You're like. What do you do? You like, can't. do you play one man man and then play a pack line? Just right. like, don't let him get. And past that one you. man's going to foul him. You can't. He's going to get past yeah. you. And that one man is going to foul. You know what him. I can't you know figure I mean? out? You know what James Harden's favorite thing to do is between the legs, between the legs, between the legs, between the legs. Has yeah. he go left every time? And people still can't stop it. Got, you know, every one of the threes that he made was a step back three. Like he didn't just get set. Like everything was dribble, 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 step back three. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. And I'm looking at like. His MVP year was 17-18, if I'm correct, right? 17-18 was his MVP year. So, in his MVP year, he he averaged 9 of 20 in field goals. So, he was 9 of 20, and his field goal percentage was 44-9. This year, he's averaging 10.7 to every 24.1 field goals, and his percentage is 44-6. Now, this is the crazy one. Free throws. Attempts per game. He's got to be over 15. He's at 14-4. 12 and a half of 14-4. In his MVP year, he only averaged 10 free throws a game. So do we do we think That's there's a crazy. bias against James Harden that because last year I know that Giannis won the MVP. I actually argued that there should have been a co-MVP. No. James Harden was a one seed. I mean a uh, no, no, you can't look at it like that. Oh, what no, guy was most? What guy yeah. was more valuable to his team? Giannis. Yeah, Giannis by a long by, shot. By a long shot. Do they yeah. won? They won with Giannis. They won without Giannis. No, they, they didn't. Oh, no, they no, did not they win didn't. Without, they did not win without. No, they did Giannis. not win without Giannis. That, that train don't roll without Giannis, no. bro. No, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. Giannis. No. Giannis. And, and why doesn't Giannis get the 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 backlash that Harden gets? Because when they got in the playoffs, I agree with that. I do agree with that. In the playoffs, he was trash. I agree with that one hundred. No, no, I agree with that for sure. For sure, hundred percent. But to get them there, that guy couldn't hit a free throw to save his he couldn't no. hit a yeah. floater he couldn't no yeah. when, Kawhi, when Kawhi got in his face he had nothing he, yep. he couldn't do anything yep. I, I agree. definitely agree I with definitely that agree 100%. with that but literally James Harden went out with Chris Paul he went out with PJ Tucker who mm-hmm. shot 35% for three last year mm-hmm. he had Eric Gordon who was a contender for six-man player of the year last yep. year 
Giannis went out with George Hill. And Middleton was the other All Star. And he was Middleton, Middleton should not have been an All Star. Middleton, yeah, that was a that but was, he was. That was an iffy All Star. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I don't. Yeah. You know. They give out All Star um, nods like Shannon Sharp's giving out these L these baked L's now. So right, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it, you're an All Star. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to Dwayne, uh, Devontae Graham being on the Eastern Conference All Star team this year. <laughs> he be on should. Team LeBron. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to see what he's doing this year as far as free throw attempts. I mean, his field goal percentage is about uh, at his career percentage at forty four six. His career is forty four three. Hey, I know so. Kobe's got five rings. But I just want you guys to know that Harden is a more efficient basketball player than what Kobe Bryant ever was. Oh, please tell me more. Oh, please tell me more <laughs> than he ever That's was. Music. That's music to producer Tim's ear. I don't care if he ever wins a chip. He. Kobe, He's more efficient than what Kobe was. Kobe Bryant's stands are like Kentucky basketball fans to me. They're yeah. just, yeah, yeah. God, Dwayne Wade was better. Than I know Kobe. we don't have. Oh. A, hey, I know we don't have a lot of time, but someone just mentioned this behind the scenes. If we can get through this last topic, I want to say five. We have to talk about Luca, man. I, I, oh yeah, please. We, we have to talk about Luca. Yeah. Let's get through yeah. our uh, topic number three, and then let's try to save yeah. a couple minutes for Luca. Absolutely. Luka. Go ahead. So, topic three. The Carmelo Anthony experiment in Portland is going very well. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, two of those games were against the Chicago Bulls, but they've won three in a row. He's averaged twenty-four a game over the last three. The other night, he had twenty-three, seven rebounds, and four assists. We talked about this. Obviously, we said if Carmelo Anthony buys into a role that hit fits Portland, mm-hmm. this could go really well. Right now, guys, it's going really well. It is. It is. Um. Uh, Mr. Anthony, I want to personally apologize. Um, I really didn't think that you would do this. I really didn't think that you would step in and be uh, a role player. I really didn't think that you had much left in you, but I was completely wrong. Um, If you ever listen to this show, I want you to know that Ben Brown from Shot Callers apologizes. (laughs) I do. Um, Now, granted, not granted, it's been a small sample size. Um, the advanced statistics still hate uh, him. Uh, yeah, but you you have done what you've needed to do in order to put yourself back to where you wanted to be, and that's in the NBA. So I salute you. I apologize. Um, yeah, man, it's been really cool though to see him have the games that he's had. Now, granted, you said oh, two of those were against the Bulls. <laughs> so, but it is good to see him back on the floor. Um, it's see, good to see him being a contributor. It's good to see him play his role. Um, and he's, he's done everything that they've asked him to do. So, um, it's pretty cool to me to see it, uh, especially for a guy that was out of the league, um, got a bad rap for, you know, not wanting to come off the bench, got a bad rap for wanting to, you know, um, do other play other roles and feel like he's a, a top 10 guy and this, that, and the other. Um, I think the interview last year that he did, um, really kind of clarified some of that stuff, and he was able to get that out there, um, that those weren't the things that he wanted to be. Um, and Portland gave him a shot, and he's taken full advantage of it. And it feels like to me that the people of Portland have kind of embraced him a little bit um, as he's been on this little bit of a run. Um, it, 17.7 points a game. Um, he's shooting 37% from three, um, 46 from the field. So, I mean, it's he's – He's on a really good stretch here. Uh, like we said, small sample size. 
Um, has has Dame Lillard made his way back yet? Uh, he, is he I think still so? Out? Yeah. Okay, so um, the real test will be uh, once Dame is in back in full swing. Um, and you got CJ McCollum, so now you technically have three. I guess you, three technical scores. Oh God, three buckets. Just you know what I mean. Gym. One, one gym, one counting ball. Rodney Hood off the bench. And, yeah, right. So, uh, so now you're gonna see once you get a bigger sample size of all those guys being on the floor, what Carmelo's true role will be. Um, because when he first started, when he got there, of course, um, Dame Dollar was out. He was out injured. So, um, it'll the true test will be with these next ten games. Um, this next 10-game stretch to see what his role will be with everybody on the floor um, and see how consistent he can stay. Because he hasn't played an NBA game in a year. So these games are kind of been kind of getting his feet wet. He hasn't he hasn't been on those long stretches of NBA games in a while. So um, to see him back on the floor, though, is pretty cool. Um I'm in for it. Like I said, I apologize for calling him washed or whatever I said. I'm not really sure, but um, I, Mister Mr. Anthony, I do apologize. Um, but yeah, it's been cool to see. I, I'm waiting, ready to see this next stretch of maybe ten games to see how it'll fit with all those guys on the floor. I'm not gonna apologize, <laughs> and I'm not gonna apologize because I've been on the Anthony wagon since yeah, since had, day one. And you, yeah, you. you I, I, I was rocking my hoodie, when, you know, in our you last were. session, and you I. Were. I honestly came to rock the hoodie today. You can today. see it on the gram at 40 minutes at 40, NTWRK. NTWRK. <laughs> I was rocking the hoodie. And I want to I want to talk a little bit about some of the dynamics of why I think Carmelo failed in mm-hmm. his last couple stops. Mm-hmm. So we all know Melo can can technically play the four, I guess. You know, he's, he's kind of a big body at 6'8", maybe 6'9". I don't know. I think he's closer to six nine. Oh, yeah, I think so. So you could potentially look at him as a four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his natural position is the three. Mm-hmm. You know, he played the small forward, which is six nine is a large. When he came into the league, six nine was big for mm-hmm. uh, you know him and LeBron. That that's big for a small forward. You know, a stretch three that can go either way. Mm-hmm. So OKC, he leaves New York, goes to OKC. He gets there, and who's there? Oh, Paul George. Paul George. What does Paul George play? He plays the three. three. Yeah. So you're automatically pushing Carmelo out of his natural position. Okay. And you want him to be something that he's never been. So I don't know if it's the psyche. I don't know if it's whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think what would have worked really good in OKC. I really think. I really think Paul George can play the two. I, I, as crazy as that sounds, I think that Paul George at six ten, he kind of is now for the Clippers. He is. He is. He's playing the two. For the I Clippers. really think that he he can naturally play the two at that size, which is super scary mm-hmm. because you don't have guys at the two that can even remotely guard him. Yeah. But that was not the case in OKC. Right. So you had two really big time ball dominant guys who were getting all the shots, and Carmelo didn't fit in anywhere. Hmm. Um. Then you get to Houston, right? You have mm-hmm. Chris, you have Chris Paul, and you have Harden. James Harden. Well, I mean, you just showed the stat that Harden's chucking up twenty four shots a game, and he's shooting fifteen free throws a game. Mm-hmm. And you got Chris Paul, who is actually more. 
even even though he does average a good amount of assists, like Chris Paul is uh, is one of the true few point guards that can actually take a game over and score when he mm-hmm. needs to. Absolutely. Uh, so again, you know, Carmelo's not a real. He was never been a really big like catch and shoot guy. So basically, in Houston, that offense was ran a lot similar to LeBron, where mm-hmm. hard and hard and hard and hard, and you dribble, 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 penetrate, kick, catch and shoot. Right. And he wasn't there very long. Uh, I was reading an article the other day that he said that Chris Paul and James Harden didn't even know that they were letting him go. Like that was kind of like oh, wow. Rockets management. He's like he f- kind of felt like he got fired, and those two didn't yeah. even know what was going on. Oh wow! I think Chris Paul mentioned that actually. Yeah. So this is why I think that it is working in Portland. Mm-hmm. I believe that Portland, before even all this happened. Mm-hmm. Last year and even going into this year, like they were lobbying for Carmelo to come to Portland. Like Dame Dash wanted Carmelo in Portland. Okay. They finally got him. We know that Portland has started off rough. Mm-hmm. They Dame's been hurt. Uh they're missing uh are they missing Nurkic? He's not played, right? No, not yet. He isn't yeah, back. He so they're yeah. still going with Whiteside, who had ten blocks the other night. Yeah. Whiteside's played pretty well. I, I think Nurkic can be is going to be a really solid NBA player. Um, they they I think that they they might have a diamond in the rough in Rodney Hood. I don't know if you guys he doesn't get his I stats like don't do him justice. He's shooting, I like Rodney Hood. He's shooting fifty percent from the three point line. Yeah, I like Rodney. And Hood he's a shooting lot. fifty almost fifty four percent from the field, averaging twelve points coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. But again, Rodney Hood is a guy that I think could also play the two, but he plays the three. Mm-hmm. But here's where Melo works. With Dame out, it was kind of McCollum against the world. We we all know that McCollum is big time. Mm-hmm. I've seen McCollum. McCollum reminds me a lot of he can do a lot of what Clay Thompson can do. Mm-hmm. Like if he gets hot, it's one of those days where like you do not want him shooting the ball. Right. I mean, he will light you up. Dame, I think, really wants to be a guy that runs the offense. And I think with Dame, you got guys on the floor now that allow you to play your game. Right. So right. now Carmelo, not only is he he's still a third option, but like he's a third option now that's involved in the offense. Gotcha. So like there are parts of the game where things are going on. Dame could be having a bad game. Cone could be having a bad game. You know, the defense is where they can ISO Mello. We right. all know that Mello was at his best when he was in ISO game. I've seen Melo take guys off the dribble and, and, and dunk on them so far this season. Yeah. I've seen Melo post guys up and hit fadeaway jump shots. I've seen Melo dribble up the three-point line and pull up and hit a dagger in somebody's face. I think what you're starting to see is them be able to put Melo in spots where he can be successful, where the other two teams couldn't do that. And I think that's why Melo has, has started off so hot. And I've always said, like, this guy is not – washed up yet yeah like offensively he can still get you 20 if you need 20 i've also said and Stephen a smith said this the other day on uh first take he said there are 30 teams in the nba he Mm -hmm. said even if you go nine deep on each roster that is 270 players Mm -hmm. in the nba are you telling me that carmelo anthony is not a top 270 player in the nba do i need to pull up golden state's roster right now (laughs) good point (laughs) good point yeah yeah you're right and looking at the game their last game sorry tim uh 107 103 
Uh, they beat the Bulls. But if you look at the stats, um, Lillard had 28. McCollum had 20. Rodney Hood had 19. Whiteside had 8 points and 15 rebounds. And Carmelo had 23 points and 11 rebounds. So, I, I mean, it, it looks like you're right. I mean, about the, about the fit. And they had him playing power forward. Which, I mean, like you said... Um, on the floor, which we've all talked about this, it's kind of positionless basketball. Um, you can have, you know, like they said, it's they say that we're two shooting guards, a point guard, power forward, and center, but it's kind of positionless. So Kamala being on the floor with those guys was able to take eight to sixteen shots. Lillard took eighteen shots. McCollum took fourteen shots, and Hood took twelve. It's kind of spread out. Um, to your point, where you, you you can't focus on one guy, like focusing on a Lillard or focusing on McCollum, because Hood can get you, Carmelo now can get you. Um, so that that's a great point um, that they they are able to spread the ball out. Everybody's able to get their shots, and I would assume if Lillard gets hot or McCollum gets hot, then they get more shots than the other two. Well, but, the other thing I want to mention too is that you know the first two games. I really felt like Carmelo, you know, you got to you got to come in and get your feet underneath you. I mean, you haven't played an NBA game in over a year. Mm-hmm. But after those first two games, his plus minus, plus 2, plus 19, plus 27, plus 10. Mm-hmm. So like there's there's a difference on the floor now. And he's 35, he's going to be 36 at some point this year. Um I just I've always said, man, like He's one of the few rare offensive talents that we've seen in the NBA in a long time mm-hmm. who can do it all. And I think that he's finally found a team that's embraced his skill set, that they need him. He needs that team. And I like, like you said, I think the spreading of the ball, like he's not taking a lot of shots. No. He's not being a 20 to 25 shot a game guy. No. But uh-uh. I think he's taken enough shots to get his rhythm. And I think there's also been times where they've left him on the floor as the guy. Yeah. And I think that's made a huge difference. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with Mello, that. Mello, I'm with you the rest of the season. <laughs> I hope I see you on the I hope I see you on that roster after the All Star Breaker. When's the when's the uh, the deadline for his uh his contract? I think he signed a he signed a he signed a non guarantee. A non guarantee, but yeah. there's a there is a deadline that if he's on the roster as of whatever the date is um, he it's guaranteed the rest of the year. Uh, oh, interesting. I, I I don't know the exact date, unfortunately. Well, let's hope he stays on there. Yeah. All right. So last couple of minutes. Yeah. Let's Luca Mania. Yeah. Let's get into Luca, man. Let's get into Luca. Um, I'm gonna pull up some of the things there that we were looking at as far as his statistics over this. Hey, last can we month. just and can we just start with the that Lakers game that they lost in overtime? Oh yeah. Oh my lord! Yeah, he was phenomenal in that game. Um, it was really cool to see him and LeBron. It's just almost like a—I don't want to say passing the torch because LeBron is far from done. But it was cool to see those guys kind of battle each other. Um, there's just something neat about that to see the young gun go at. And I'm old enough to remember when Michael Jordan used to go at Magic Johnson. Larry Bird and those guys and beating the you know the Detroit Bad Boy Pistons and it was kind of that, that like that changing of the guard and it's not any way of changing of the guard but to see Luca like just show no fear 
um, and go out and ball like he did. It was it was it was pretty cool. So, um, so over this last month, Luca Mania has been running wild. Um, I, I it's hard to press to say that he's not the player player of the month. I mean, him, LeBron, we talked about that. Him, LeBron, and Harden, um, kind of have all been uh, right there. But over his last ten games, uh, he's shooting in fifty percent from the field. Um, 33% from three, 80, 82% from free throw. This is averaging 9.6 uh, rebounds, 9.9 assists, and 32.9 points a game over the last 10 games. Uh, on a season average, he's averaging 31, or 30, yeah, 31 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists. Um, I know I put a poll up on our, um, on our Twitter page um, at 48 Minutes Network. In TWKR um, about Luca. Did I say that backwards? Yeah, Rudy. NTWRK. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. NTWRK. Uh, but I put it up there. Is he going to be the next guy to average a triple double for a season? And right now he's at 31, a 9.9, and 9.6 assist. Um, I think he'll, I think he's going to average a triple double for the season. Um, I think people forget how hard that is to do because Westbrook made it look so easy. Um, but for a guy, how old is Luca? Luca is 20. twenty years old. Twenty. Um, for him to come in and average a triple double for a season would be phenomenal. Um, after we never thought that that stat would ever be broken uh, by the great Oscar Robinson. <laughs> Russell did it back to Russell did it. <laughs> Russell did it. I mean, he made it look super easy. Um, but for Luca to do it um, would be crazy um, because he his talent is just so it's just so undeniable, man. Like he's so good. Um, the Mavericks are what twelve and six. That's crazy. I mean, we had I I mean I think I had them not making the playoffs. Um, but uh, shout out to Luca Doncic, man. I hope he does average the the triple double. Um, I think that he's a phenomenal player. Um, and I think he just kind of takes over, man. Like, he's just so good. Um, Josh, what do you think about Luke? You know, it's funny is exactly what you just said. I think we were all sitting here, and my exact words were, I don't think Luca and the Unicorn are going to be enough to carry the Mavs to the playoffs. Right. And right now I look really wrong because Luca is pretty much doing it by himself. <laughs> I mean, he's been dominant. But I, I didn't expect I didn't expect this big of a jump from last year. Yeah, uh, it, it's insane. And I know that I'm going to get some flack for this. Uh, one day, producer Tim and I are going to sit down and we're going to hash this out because, um, as much as I love, and my my oldest son. Who's a who's a great lover of the NBA game? We have this debate all the time about LeBron James, and let me first tell you guys like how great the greatness I think of LeBron James. Like it, it is it is unreal how good this guy is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are things that I don't like about him, but when it's all said and done, like the things that that a guy can do at six nine two sixty. I don't know, man. It, it, it's just crazy He's a to watch him play for the last 17 years mm-hmm. and like the consistency and the durability and to lead teams to multiple finals and to play. It's just nuts. Mm-hmm. 
Luca at the age of 20, stat-wise, is better than LeBron at the age of 20. Oh, no doubt. Now, no doubt. LeBron was playing high school ball while Luca was allowed to play professionally overseas. Mm-hmm. But I don't really care what your competition is. Luca's doing more at the age in the greatest league in the world than what LeBron was doing. And I watched a highlight video of Luca the other day. This is before he played in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And it looked very and one-ish. And uh, I was like, okay, this guy can't be this good. Uh, he was doing stuff that I was like, I've never even seen NBA guys do. I mean, he was making guys look just repetitively dumb mm-hmm. on the floor. And then he gets to the league and I'm watching him do the same thing to guys that are 30 years old and 29 years guys that have a decade experience on him. And he's out here, he's doing stuff that I've never seen guys do before on a floor. It's his, his game is so different than a lot of the guys that I've seen the way he sees the floor at 20, Mm -hmm. uh, the way he can already shoot the ball at the age of 20, the way he could, he can command double teams. Now I will tell you the Clippers put the clamps on him the other night. They, they, they took turns running at him and he, he looked beat up after that game. Yeah. But that's, that's going to be a learning. That's going to be a learning opportunity Mm -hmm. for him and he'll get better at that. But, this guy's putting up forty point triple doubles, um, oh, yeah. at twenty years old, and I don't, I don't, I don't see that sophomore slump that you see a lot of guys go in where they regress because Gosh, teams yeah, know about yeah. you, yeah, and they like they're running at him and he's doing. He, he, I don't know what he worked on in the off season. I don't know if he's got Dirk Nowitzki hanging out with him over the summer, teaching right. him stuff. Um, I just know that the the jump, and I don't have it pulled up, and I'm going to pull up the jump I from last it. year to this year. Points per game, ridiculous. Oh, yeah, I got you right here. Um, the fact that, that he should have maybe have been the, the number one or number two pick in the draft, and like he slid, and then got traded. And, and I'm like, I know the Hawks have a great player in Trey Young, but like I'm wondering if the Hawks are looking at that trade and they're like, dang, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, Ice Trey's been all right. I mean, yeah, he, he, no, no, he's solid. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, but, I don't, I don't know if that's an even trade. I don't know if it's a bad trade. I just right. know that I want everyone to to know that you guys might be watching the change of the guard and the true next era of superstardom in the NBA, and it's Luca. Yeah, he's definitely the next great superstar. So, um, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been fun to watch him make the strides that he has over this past year. So. Continue success to my brother, Luca. Uh, that'll be it for uh, this edition of Shot Callers. Uh, we want to, uh, as we always, make sure that you give the five-star reviews. Get on there and review all, all of our um, information. Like I said, Producer Tim is tracking miles all over this great uh, city, uh, covering college basketball at large bid. Drops on, is it on Thursday? Um. Yeah, but it'll be the yeah. it'll be the crosstown crosstown um, preview preview. We'll catch up on everything we missed from feast week. There we go. Oh man, what a feast week! It was great. <laughs> Shout out the Dayton Flyers, the yeah. Michigan Wolverines, and, and those of you that know me know I'm not a Dayton guy, but man, their basketball team's pretty good. They're fun. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. Um. Then we have uh, the 48 minutes the original 48 minutes crew dropping on Wednesday this coming Wednesday. So check us out on our socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, 48 Minutes NTWRK. Uh, And we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Take care. Party on.